Welcome to How to Live with the Rich, a limited series podcast about how the middle class can actually, practically, and biblically help the poor. I am your host, Beck Isaacson, and welcome to the show. And welcome back to How to Live with the Rich. We are officially on the home stretch with this podcast as we are on the episode series titled What to Do About It. This is going to be a four-part series and on today's episode we are going to summarize all of the content of the podcast so far and then go on to talk about what I think is the foundational ingredient to eradicating global poverty and being a part of positive practical change. But first, as always, we need to talk about Tiny Happy Things, which today is going to be all about true crime podcasts. I cannot believe that I haven't covered this as my Tiny Happy Thing so far. I know that I have definitely mentioned it in passing, but not really fully delved into what can only be described as a little bit of an obsession for me. Now, from talking to other people about this topic, I have identified two very different camps, especially among followers of Jesus. Camp one, which includes my husband, cannot fathom or understand what the fascination is. They ask questions like, why does listening to that make you happy? And how on earth can you enjoy that stuff? And also, what in the world is the matter with you? And honestly, I mean, I get it all good questions that I absolutely don't have answers to. And then there's the other camp, which I am definitely in, for whatever logical or illogical reason, loves true crime. Now, for some context, I I don't love blood, I don't love horror, I don't do scary movies or anything like that. In fact, I actually have a particularly low tolerance for scary, violent things. It affects my sleep, it affects my mental health. But for some reason, listening to true crime podcasts does not apply to that rule. I am just completely fascinated by the criminal investigation process, how people get to a place where they can even commit crimes in the first place, and really just just all of it. I don't need to hear the gory details, but the rest of it just fascinates me. And if I'm totally honest, it also, I don't know why, but listening makes me happy. I look forward to listening to true crime podcasts, and I know, I know that I am not the only one. And so for those of you who are in Camp 2, like me, uh, here are some of my favorites. I really, I mean, let's be honest, I like anything by Ashley Flowers and Audio Chuck. So Crime Junkie, Counter Clock, The Deck, Park Predators, and then some of my other favorites over the years have also been Dr. Death. Up and Vanished, The Teacher's Pet. I do really enjoy the podcasts that are one investigation that go into great depth over several episodes. And not that any of you ask, but what makes a true crime podcast really great for me is a couple of key ingredients, a couple of things. I personally don't like hosts that cuss or that go into like too many brutal details. The story has to be really well written and well narrated. I don't want to listen to someone who is boring or has like a really 
I don't know, dull voice, and I want details about the investigation. I, of course, want to see sensitivity towards those who have been affected, and I personally love a good next step, such as how can you avoid getting into this situation yourself, or hey, this person is still missing, let's be on the lookout for them. And so, true crime. It's my jam, it makes me happy, and that is probably something to dig in further with a mental health counselor at another time. And on that note, let's take a break before diving in to episode one of our What To Do About It series. All right, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I want to start off today by doing a summary of where we have come in the podcast so far and all of the ground that we have covered because, I mean, it's a lot and fair warning, It's a lot. (laughs) Up until this point, I think I have released 20 different episodes, not including the bonus ones. And so we obviously have a lot of ground to cover. And so let's just jump right in. If we go back on episode one, we talked about poverty, specifically what it is and what it looks like on a global scale. And as a reminder, and just to ground us back where we started with this whole thing, If you live on more than $5.50 per day, you are richer than 50% of the world. And if you make more than $34,000 a year, you are in the elite 1% of the world's wealthiest people. And this wealthy 1% own 45% of the world's wealth. And on the flip side of that statistic is the 70% of the world's population who own only 2.7% of the world's wealth. That is where we started out. And that is where I think we need to keep coming back to honestly time and time again, because this is crazy. This is unjust. This is why we are talking about any of this in the first place. And to me, this should not and does not have to be. Then on episode two, we talked about human flourishing, which as you know, is a term that I don't like, but I define it as when a person's mind, affections, will, and body are in loving relationships with God, themselves, others, and the rest of creation. We talked about on that episode how the goal of poverty alleviation and helping other people is not to make them the same as us. But instead, for all people, them and us, to be aligned with the Lord and his plans for them and humanity as a whole. It was and remains very important to me uh, to release these episodes back to back to start us off on the correct foundational understanding that first, so many people in the world are poor. But secondly, the goal is not to make them like us. We are not the epitome of human thriving. We are not the goal. Jesus is the goal, his plans, his design, his purposes. Then on episode three, we talked all about inequality, starting with the fact that 26 people in the world own the same amount of wealth as the 3.8 billion people who make up the poorest half of humanity, which again is a fact that will never cease to amaze me in the worst possible way and sadden me. And then we talked a lot about what this inequality looks like from a gender perspective and specifically why poverty is a gendered issue and why that is not okay, nor in line with the heart of God. 
Then episodes four, five, and six, and seven were all about the Bible and specifically what it has to say on the topics of global poverty, wealth, riches, the tithe, the love of money, and giving. And spoiler alert, if you have not listened to it, it, being the Bible, has a lot to say, evidenced by the fact that I had to split this over four different episodes. But at the end of the day, the Bible is absolutely crystal clear in its call for us to care for the poor and in need and to be abundantly generous people with all that we have been provided and given. The people of God cannot be lovers of both him and money. Then we came to episode eight, which is one of my favorites, and it was all about justice and righteousness and what those words mean, both practically and theologically from a Jesus kingdom perspective. We looked at the fact that the setup of the society of ancient Israel was done in such a way that it was not simply considered good or kind to care for the poor and vulnerable. It was actually a matter of justice and righteousness, and that the justness of a society orchestrated by a good God included the care of those who were most vulnerable within it. And similarly, biblical righteousness is actually better described as a lifestyle of right relationships, primarily with God, thanks to Jesus, but also lived out in all daily social and societal context. And, and thus, not giving to the needy or caring for the vulnerable is just simply out of line with a life lived in a right relationship with God. It is one of my favorite things to talk about, one of my favorite topics, and it is foundational, actually, to where we are going from here in the podcast, which is putting practical application to all of this theory. And so if you have not listened to this particular episode already, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out. Once again, that was episode eight. Then episode nine was all about water and the fact that one third of the world's population does not have safe access to it. And then episode 10 was all about hope, specifically what has already been achieved in the arena of global poverty alleviation, which is a whole lot and we have so much to celebrate. Um, And it provides a really solid foundation of hope to stand on for the future. Thank you, Jesus. Then episodes 11, 12, and 13 were all about the problem, specifically all of the traps and pitfalls and bad habits that we can fall into when we try and help the poor. We looked at why and how, where we have sought to help and alleviate the suffering of other people, we have actually caused them harm, and then how we can avoid doing that in the future. We talked about the global orphanage industry. We talked about the idea of paternalism and aid as a modern form of colonialism. And then the difference between relief, rehabilitation and development. And then the problem with getting stuck in emergency principles. Episode 14 was all about short term missions, which enough said about that one. And then episode 15 was all about health and education. Episode 16 was about food and the fact that one in nine people in the world today are undernourished without enough to eat on the same planet in which 2 billion people are now overweight or obese and an estimated one third of all food produced worldwide ends up rotting or spoiling before we use it. It is just a huge arena of global inequality and thus a really huge area of need. 
Episode 17 was Captain Planet, our Earth episode, and the fact that our current lifestyle choices are entirely unsustainable, both for our souls and for our planet. Episode 18, then, another one of my favorites, was all about the global clothing and fashion industry and the absolute hot dumpster fire of a mess that that is. We took a look at its completely rotten roots and the fact that it currently employs one in six people in the world, only 2% of whom are paid a livable wage. It is also one of the areas that we have a lot of control over and that we can do a lot about. So if you haven't listened to that one, also one of my favorites. And then bringing us up to speed, we have episodes 19 and 20, which were all about materialism and minimalism. The problem, and in my opinion, solution to our overconsumption. And that brings us up to speed with where we are today and where we will be camping out over the next four weeks and four episodes. And so obviously in this looking back process, we have covered a lot of ground. My notes for these episodes, by the way, are now not even kidding over 330 pages long. I did say at the very beginning of this whole thing, this whole topic, this whole podcast that that poverty and its alleviation is not simple. And I think that I have kind of proven that over the past 20-ish episodes. Over this time, we have also obviously talked a lot about tiny happy things. We have listed many sets of five facts. I have pointed you to a ton of additional resources along the way. And I have hopefully given you a bunch of really practical Tuesday tips and tangible action points to the poverty problems that I have raised and examined. And finally... We are here. We are here at our What to Do About It episodes, hopefully, which will fulfill what I have said week after week after week in my tagline, and that is, what can we actually, practically, and biblically do about the global poverty problem? And so, now that we are up to speed and ready to go, let's take another quick little break and then come back to talk about what I think is step one in this process. All right, welcome back everyone. Over the content of this podcast, we have hopefully seen that time and time again, there is an incredible disparity of wealth and poverty across the nations. We are more than likely very, very rich in a world where so many are very, very poor. We have also seen a clear biblical mandate to care for the poor and to embrace the call to live a lifestyle of justice and righteousness. And so how on earth do we actually do that? Well, I think that the first step and the topic of today's podcast is this. We need to get upset and we need to raise our expectations. And in order to do this, I think, again, we need to come all the way back full circle Back to where we started. We need to take another long and honest look at this world in which we live and why we are talking about any of this in the first place. So let's get in our five facts for today's episode. Fact number one, we live in a world where in 2018, Americans spent $72.56 billion on pet products which is more than the combined gross domestic product of the world's 39 poorest countries. 
Do we need to say that again? <laughs> because I think we do. We live in a world where in 2018, Americans spent $72.56 billion on pet products, which is more than the combined gross domestic product of the world's 39 poorest countries. You got that is insanity. Come on. All right, moving on. Fact number two, we live in a world where every day Americans are spending about $38.5 million on denim pants, while half the world is living on less than $5.50. Fact number three, we live in a world where 6.3 million children are still dying each year from preventable causes and one in four kids under the age of five are suffering from stunted growth as a result of poor nutrition. One quarter of children in the entire world. Fact number four, every 37 seconds somebody is dying from water-related illnesses in the same world where Americans are spending an average of $100 per person per year on bottled water. 45% of which is just filtered tap water. And I mean, you know how I feel about bottled water. I feel like I've made that very clear. But fact number five, and finally, one in 10 children around the world are sexually abused before the age of 18. In the same world, that $3,075.64 is being spent on internet porn every single second of every single day. And yes, obviously I picked today's five facts just to show inequality and contrast. Because, I mean, it's really not very hard to see that we are living in a world that is fundamentally, foundationally, and just deeply, deeply unjust. It doesn't take any digging at all to find that. And therefore, if we are going to see any significant change within our lifetime, then the first step for us has to be a heavy and righteous anger. We just, we have to recognize that this world is not as it should be. It is not as it could be. And we, we have to be angry about that. We have to be unsatisfied living in a world where people are dying of preventable diseases and children are purchased for sex. We have to allow ourselves to get angry about that. And then here is the important part. Then we need to align ourselves to the solution, which of course is redemption found in Jesus. We have to let our anger fuel our action. Max Licato put it like this. He said, we need to get ticked off, riled up enough to respond. Righteous anger would do a world of good. Poverty is not the lack of charity, but the lack of justice. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And that is kind of my point with this whole podcast. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. And so my first encouragement to you under the banner of what we can do about this is to find your something and then to give your life away in its pursuit. Your someone in this life is Jesus, of course, but what is the something that he is calling you to do and who in the process is he calling you to be? We all need to find a way to move forward from simply having a heart for the poor and move instead into a lifestyle of redemptive justice. We must grasp hold of Philippians 2, 3 to 4 with both hands, which says this, 
Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We have to count the ways of this world as completely unacceptable and then choose to align ourselves with the interests of others and then firmly and fiercely reorient our entire lives around that decision. And again, this is not just, it cannot be just part of our lives. It cannot just be our charitable giving at Christmas or our Sunday mornings, because what the Lord requires and asks of us is actually a whole life commitment, a whole life reorientation and reprioritization. And this reprioritization begins with understanding that the job of the Christian is not simply to wait out this life until we get to our heavenly home. No, we are we are called to live out our lives as Holy Spirit empowered instruments of good news within the world today. And as the people of God, we are not called to live these comfortable and passive lives. We can't do that because there is too much at stake. There is too much on the line because our lives and our choices have eternal consequences and outcomes, not just for ourselves, but also for other people. And I think we need to take that extremely seriously. And I believe that when it comes to global poverty alleviation, that begins with having a righteous anger and the raising of our expectations from that anger. As followers of Jesus, we cannot and should not look the same as the world around us who are just busy and preoccupied with building their own personal kingdoms and dynasties. We have to stop simply filling our lives with thousands and thousands of things that have absolutely zero impact on the kingdom of God. That is not what we are called to do, and it is never too late for us to change direction. Because if the end goal of our lives is not the same as that of Jesus, then all we are doing, quite honestly, is just spinning the wheels of our time with, with little point or purpose. And so instead, we, we need a new life goal, the glory of God to build the kingdom of God while remaining dependent on him. Build his kingdom for his glory in his power. And so I guess my point of today's episode is this. While holding righteous anger in one hand, we need to hold the hope of Jesus in the other. And with our hands full of both of those things, we must step forward into lifestyles of biblical justice and righteousness or whilst living in a reality of raised expectations. We have looked at it already over the weeks, but it is not an unrealistic dream to believe in a world without extreme poverty. I mean, read the early chapters of Acts and see what occurred. There were no needy persons among them. They got it. They lived it. They prayed. They broke bread. They enacted the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they gave sacrificially to one another. They told people about Jesus and God added to their numbers daily. The byproduct of the Jesus way resulted in no needy persons. And so I think it is time that we also raise our expectations because could it be that God is ready to do this again if we would simply join him and partner with him 
in it. Because as yet another reminder, we are a part of the richest people to ever walk the face of the earth. And yet we live most of the time as if nothing is terribly wrong within it. And so I think it's time to change that. And so that is my intro, what to do about it episode. Please join me over the next three weeks as I flesh this out further and bring this whole series, this whole podcast, this whole thing in for a landing. And again, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you, especially to those who have listened faithfully every week and who have been on this journey with me the entire time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for writing reviews, for contacting me, and for just being in this with me. I obviously believe that this is hugely important and fundamentally important, and it's really nice not to be alone in that. And so with righteous anger and raised expectations as our foundation, I, of course, want to invite you to join me next Tuesday for what is going to be part two. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me anytime over on Instagram at howtolivewiththerich or by email at howtolivewiththerich at gmail.com. I will see you next week. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful one. Bye.